Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. Ladies and gentlemen, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips, free, continues on your radio. This is the broadcast for February the 4th in the year of our Lord, 2023. This is indeed our two of two. The goal always to promote God, family, and country, to protect life, liberty, and property. To do so in the traditions of our founders, using the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founders and the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. Chris Carlson with me. Welcome back, sir. Thank you, Sam. Without God, we cannot win. With God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson, re-reporting for duty, sir. They just might ruin your life, Chris. Oh, yeah. Yeah, based on um, what Amy Sterner Nelson and her husband went through, they certainly could. I don't, I'm not worth nearly as much as these folks. They're millionaires, but um, Amazon, is they're billionaires, maybe even trillionaires. It's hard to tell. <laughs> with these companies because they have ways of hiding their assets, but they're certainly powerful and they're certainly tied in with the federal government in particular, the department of justice. So this is a, a, could have been a nightmare. Well, it was a nightmare scenario, but it does have a happy ending. Um, The Nelsons actually won this case and they got Amazon and the department of justice and the FBI off of their backs, but they went through heck to get there. So Amy Sterner Nelson, um, and her, she speaks in behalf of her husband. Her, her husband was the target um, of an intimidation campaign, Sam, by Amazon, for whom he used to work. He is a real estate agent, but uh, the problem happened after he had actually discontinued his services with Amazon as a real estate agent working for their cloud service department. So I get basically that's just um, you know one of the, one of the aspects, one of the. Uh, aspects of their services that they provide uh, cloud service in fact they just got a, a 10 billion dollar contract from the nsa to do cloud services for the nsa to give you an idea of how tightly tied into government these folks are so let's start from the and top understand they- that these these uh, huge corporations this is a departure from the norm in the old days co- companies had to kind of grow organically and it was very hard to get huge 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 companies like that because the organic growth you know it's the ups and downs of business uh, prevents a lot of it but these businesses were launched by government financing in the first place ensuring Mm -hmm. their growth to literally um epic proportions meaning that that they've got government funding and government protection and government privilege and government uh, Etc. to where they become literally virtual monopolies overnight. Look at Google to make my point. Look at Facebook. Look at Amazon. Every one of those had government funding at their core and their inception, Chris. That is important yeah. to note in the history and the reality of how these companies get in these positions and have such tight-knit relationships with government as they continue forward. Yeah, and that's something that that I didn't even think about. That's that's a good point. And the uh, the funding arm of the CIA and other uh, intelligence agencies in the government is InQtel. We've talked about this in the past. So InQtel is a funding arm for the uh, intelligence agencies, uh, justified by the fact that they need to invest in certain private sector 
companies like Amazon, um, you know, like other uh, contractors, military contractors, to get those up and running so that they could be used by the CIA, by the NSA, and by other intelligence organizations to fulfill their their roles to protect the American people, of course, you and me, Sam. Yeah, now it's even deeper than that because they use Incutel money, a corporation controlled by your Pentagon and CIA and Department of Defense, Mm -hmm. uh, the military arm for sure. But it gets worse because then what they do is they partner these uh, companies that they grow, that they incubate in Incutel, if you will, uh, and they partner with university talent. So they get this university dollars rolling and research dollars rolling. Yes. And so even when you yes. track the dollars to the corporations, you're only seeing part of the picture. You've got to look at the research and the R&D and the, and the uh, uh, incubation from the university side as well. And that's billions of dollars that no one's even looking at in relation to these corporations. But they have everything to do with the training of the personnel that run them. Uh, they have everything to do with the incubator of, of ideas and, and um, testing and all that liability that normally goes with a company for startup is now transferred to the university as well, Chris. Yeah, so they then become beholden to the government's agenda which, as you know, is not good. So, yeah, instead of to the people, and there's no fear of going out of business. Amazon, there's no fear of Amazon ever going out of business. There's no fear of Facebook or, um, or uh, Snapchat. Until it's, or until it's government usefulness ends, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be artificially propped up by Federal Reserve notes that are created out of nothing. And I can't always trace the the pathway they, they follow, but yeah, that's it. So getting back to the story, Sam. So recently, um, Amy Sterner Nelson was targeted by the Department of Justice. And here's the interesting thing. They didn't even know that Amazon was behind this for, for a long time until they... When you uh, say they, you mean Amy and her husband didn't, but the government did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, it's always secretive. There's always always information that's that's intentionally left out to to manipulate these people. So what happened? I'll see if I can. There's a lot of material here. So let's see what we can do. So in the year 2019, Amy Sterner Nelson's husband. Now he is anonymous. Apparently he doesn't want to get involved. So we don't mention his name. I don't even know what his name is. But uh, his wife, who's a very articulate, uh, well-educated lawyer. Um, went on Glenn Beck's show and uh, was interviewed by Glenn Beck. And it was just shocking some of the information that she divulged about this whole ordeal that she and her husband had to go through. So Amazon got the Department of Justice. And by the way, this was in uh, 2020. This was the Justice Department under uh, Donald Trump and Bill Barr. So this was supposedly under this conservative president and his conservative uh, nominee, Bill Barr, that all this uh, started to transpire. I just think that's interesting to know. And they used civil asset forfeiture uh, through the FBI to confiscate all of their money in in their bank accounts. And they're very wealthy people. Uh, Her husband, Amy uh, Sterner Nelson's husband is a real estate agent, it has a lot of assets, but the FBI and the Department of Justice was literally able to freeze all of their bank accounts without charging them with one crime. And that's the thing. Even though Amazon lied to the Department of Justice claiming that um, Amy Steiner, sorry, Amy Sterner Nelson's husband was uh, 
guilty of this crime called private, and this is a quote, private sector honesty services fraud. They use that. And here's the interesting thing. There's so many laws on the book, Sam. And you and I, there's, in fact, I'm going to take a little bit of a sign. Like, do you mind if I, if I talk about a book? Uh, let's see if I've got this here. It's called Three Felonies a Day. And it's by a man by the no, name. No of, problem. The, the genesis of the book is this idea that he said, hey, people can't even live. Good, honest people doing their very best to be law abiding. You can't even live without committing felonies because there's so many laws, so many criminal and civil offenses that you can commit that every one of us wakes up. Every one of us is a felon by 9 a.m. Anyway, continue with the book. But that's the, the kind of um, beginnings of how he came to this and wrote this book, by the way. Yeah, and I thought I had the information in my fingertips, but go go Google it. Um, I, I don't even have the author's name right now, but basically the rationale is that the, the Justice Department or any other legal letter authorities can literally charge you with a, an obscure crime that no other lawyer in the world knows about, but you know, through through their means they can they can charge you with any crime that they, they can, you know, search their huge um, endless bad databases to con- convict you of, at least charge you of. So this crime that he was uh, charged with was private sector honest services fraud, and I've never heard of it. I could probably ask my local lawyer who has never heard of it, but they use this as rationale to get out of a, a $60 million contract with Amy Sterner Nelson's husband that they apparently wanted to get out of, uh, where her husband was per, uh, helping them to find uh, sites to build their data collection uh, facilities on. And they wanted to get out of this contract, but there was a provision in the contract whereby if they did withdraw from the contract and reneged on their end, Amazon would be on the hook for $100 million owed to Amy Sterner Nelson's husband's company. And they wanted to get out of that. But the only way they could do that, Sam, here's the important point, is if they could find that Amy Sterner Nelson's husband had committed a felony. Under those conditions and only under those conditions could Amazon get out of the contract and uh, not be obligated to, to pay the $100 million penalty plus what they owed Amy Sterner Nelson's husband in order to do so. So what they did, the Department of Justice kept trying to get Amy Sterner Nelson's husband to admit that he had committed a felony, which he had not. He had done nothing. This was all just a sting operation on the part of Amazon through the Department of Justice. So through uh, the Freedom of Information Act, they found out eventually that Amazon was in fact behind uh, their efforts to try to get Amy Sterner Nelson's husband to admit that he had committed a crime so that um, Amazon could be off the hook for that $100 uh, million provision in the contract. And we'll continue on the other side of the break. Yes, we will. Ladies and gentlemen, Stan Bushman, Chris Carlson, breaking it down just for you, folks. we got a whole lot coming up. Hang tight. Hard-hitting talk straight ahead on your radio. Is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? 
Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil, spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present-day church. Rather, it is for the end-time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Chris Carlson on your radio. We're talking about this scandal where the government, along with and in bed with Amazon, can literally destroy your life, Chris. Yeah, and one thing I failed to mention, they actually, and this, this is all about civil asset forfeiture, Sam, and you've talked about it ad nauseum on your show. This is a criminal, criminal act perpetrated by uh, legal letter authorities uh, against the uh, constitutional rights of the American people, Sam. And that's what they used for justification when they seized the Nelson's bank accounts. Not only did they do that, listen to this. They actually seized uh, the Nelson's lawyer's uh, trust account, which I don't even know if they can do that. I mean, that's kind of like a third-party seizure that they did. But they are Amazon and they are using the Department of Justice. And nowadays, it seems like the Department of Justice and the FBI can do whatever they dang well please, Sam. And nobody seems to be too much opposed to it, at least not to the degree that anything changes. So they I did think that. people are opposed to it, just like they're opposed to the criminal IRS. But very few people have the integrity and the guts and the intestinal fortitude to speak out against them and call them criminals like I am. Most folks are afraid, and they'll just get crushed, Chris. See, the IRS yep. has already taken my house. The IRS and thugs have already taken everything they could and almost turned me into a street urchin. Okay? And I fought those suckers and won, so I'm not afraid of those clowns. They're yeah. criminal, they're evil, they're satanic, and I get it. But I'm telling you right now, and if enough of us stand up uh, and fight them in the proper way, their days are over because they're unconstitutional. They're a criminal enterprise. And I'm not afraid to say it. I'll fight these goons for the rest of my life. Because they literally destroyed my life. I had a family, me, my wife, children, and we were almost homeless because of those goons. 
Okay, they have no right to do what they do. They're judge, jury, and executioner. They're criminal, and it needs to stop. And the only way it's going to stop is when enough, enough Americans stand up and call a halt to the con game. Uh, I don't know how many people well, are as bold as I am on this, but very few, Chris. Well, and you, yeah, you have suffered a lot more because of your political positioning and, than I have. And it, maybe it, I should be concerned. <laughs> maybe my time's coming, Sam. I hope not. But whatever the case may be, I will stand firm uh, squarely in the corner of the constitutional principles upon which this country was founded. Anyway, getting back to the story. So they finally, they didn't know when the DOG was, DOJ was coming after them. They didn't know for months that, that the Amazon was behind all this, was driving it. So when they found out, they reached out to Amazon personally because they had worked with Amazon. Um, Amy's uh, husband was a real estate agent finding locations to build their data collection facilities throughout the nation. And um, he hadn't been paid one penny, by the way, for his services. So they finally uh, reached out directly to Amazon. You know what Amazon told them? They told them that they wouldn't even talk to um, Amy's husband unless he first pled guilty to a felony. Wow. Of course, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. But what Amazon failed to uh, inform the DOJ of for a long time until they were forced to that they had broken that $60,000 contract with Amy Sterner Nelson's husband and were liable for the $100 million. Did I say 60,000? I meant 60 million. Anyway, all these numbers are in millions, by the way. Amazon went to the DOJ over 100 times. Now they had retained Keith Alexander. I don't know if that name rings a bell. He was the former head of the NSA that lobbied for Amazon. Amazon was paying Keith Alexander, a former NSA chief, to lobby for them uh, to the DOJ. So Amazon Web Services were awarded, <clears throat> by the way, a 10 we talked about that $10 billion dollar, dollar contract with the NSA. I'm sure they have nothing to do with the fact that they had retained Alexander Keith or Keith Alexander as their lobbyist. It had nothing to do with that. They were just probably the best uh, bid that they had gotten. Anyway, going back to the story, they hired a former district attorney from the Eastern District of Virginia, which is a conflict of interest because that um, district attorney was a former DOJ employee, as you know. They even hired a press agent. Who does that? Well, people know that, you know, good press, you know, tends to bring good results, legally speaking. They told the attorney and the DOJ that they had paid Amy Sterner Nelson $60 million dollars that was a lie they paid amy sterner nelson's uh real estate uh, contractor her husband zero they didn't pay him a penny but they lied about that uh, they went after amy sterner nelson's husband's assets because assets and here's the point i want to make if you don't get any other point from this discussion sam get this point do you know why they go after the assets and this is this is what amy sterner nelson said on the glenn black Beck show that she was interviewed on. She said they go after your assets because assets have no constitutional protections. That's, that's, that's the why. reason they go after your assets because they know that they don't have to obey due process or the rule of law. Uh, and that's the problem. Uh, the, the reason they go after your assets like that, though, is because what they hope to do is strip you of any ability to fight back. Yes. Yes. That's an important aspect of this. 
All right, now yes. here's how Amy explains this. Uh, the Glenn Beck interview with her was like 14 minutes long. We took a little clip that really articulates this point. Here it is. So the government, it's such a strange process. It goes back to the time of pirates. But when the government seizes your money and they don't charge you with a crime, they then have to sue your asset. So they sue your bank account. It's like U.S. versus $4,000 at Wells Fargo. And they do that because your assets don't have due process. So they can just avoid all due process. So the government here sued our bank accounts, went to the court, paused the case for six months, went to the court again, asked to pause it for six months. Judge said, judge said you only get four months this time. They wanted to pause it again, and it wasn't going to happen, so it was time to litigate. And it was time for the government to prove their case against the bank accounts. And instead of opting to prove the case, the government gave us the money back. Yep. And I was going to so let Chris go, but he's too silent, ladies and gentlemen. I'll oh. rock and roll and say this, folks. Think about this for a second. They sue your bank account because your bank account doesn't have due process. They do that to try to strip you of any ability to fight back. However, when you have gutsy people like Amy and her dear husband who will fight to the end, we win. Okay? They knew that they were wrong in doing this. They knew they had no authority to do this. They knew it was criminal, but they thought they could crush them. This is why when good, honest Americans stand up, we have liberty, Chris. Yeah, and they had the, – the, um, Nelson's had assets, which is good. If they had not had assets, they might have buckled under earlier and would have lost and would have had their livelihoods ruined because they would have been so deep into debt. But the DOJ knew that they had no case against the Nelsons. They finally gave up. And um, Amy Nelson is a lawyer. Uh, her husband, you know, he's no schmuck either. He's a real estate agent uh, that works international or nationally, I should say. So that that's a success story. But not all of them do in that way, Sam. We need to recognize that. Some people lose their livelihoods. They lose their reputations. They lose all their assets. And that's because we have this overbearing Department of Justice um, backed by unlimited funds, you know, through the Federal Reserve System under which we all toil and we all struggle. And it's just getting worse. The FBI is on board, the NSA, all the uh, national security agencies are on board. They have unlimited funds and uh, it needs to be reined in ex post facto. We really need to get a hold on um, on this terrible situation. But that that's a good story. Um, well, you're right on every point there, Chris, and you're right. This is a criminal cabal, uh, and you're right to highlight uh, this story. This just shows how bad it's gotten in America, folks. And I know people are saying, hey, Amy and her husband won, and I think they did in the end. But remember, it's not an offensive win. It's a defensive win. And I don't mean to be rude with that, but I mean to make an important point. Yes, they won. And I'm glad. I'm grateful. Without them standing up, uh, they would have lost big and it would have been a uh, more steamroller of, of this asset forfeiture, criminal or civil. They do both of them. The reason they go for seminal or sin. Wow. The reason they go for civil as opposed to criminal yeah. oftentimes is criminal has a much higher bar of provability. And so the government chooses civil, and then they sue your asset, which means they just cer absolutely circumvent due process. Now, I personally believe when that's done, people should be literally guilty of treason.
to intentionally yep. do that is to declare war on Americans. Okay? You literally know full well that they don't have due process, that they don't have a jury of their peers, that they don't have all the protections the founders gave their lives for when you sue the asset, when you play games like this and strip them of their ability to fight back. It's literally warfare. Okay, they call it lawfare when it's warfare using the law. But this is financial lawfare, asset lawfare, when they strip you of your assets. It's criminal, and people should be literally given the death penalty for this until it stops. Hang tight. we got a whole lot more in seconds on the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Jeremy Scott. The Pentagon is keeping a close eye on a Chinese surveillance balloon slowly flying over the U.S. The DOD also confirms a second similar balloon is moving across Latin America, but it's not expected to enter U.S. airspace. China claims the balloon floating over the central U.S. is used for weather research and had blown off course. The Pentagon says it poses no threat, but there is concern it may have gathered data on underground ballistic missiles in Montana and Wyoming. Freezing winds are sweeping across the northeastern United States. Officials are activating emergency plans for the potentially deadly cold. Wind chill as cold as 32 below zero will hit much of the region. Some 15 million people are under wind chill warnings. A sixth officer involved in the fatal beating death of Tyree Nichols has been fired by the department. Memphis police saying the officer violated department policy. Democrats in Iowa and New Hampshire are not happy with the party's plan to change the order of the presidential primaries next year. Here's Rich Johnson. To those who say it's more about tourism dollars than politics, DNC Chair Jamie Harrison responds. If being first doesn't mean as much, why are people fighting so hard to have it? Harrison says some of the most loyal Democrats, blacks and Latinos, get an opportunity, just like everybody else, to have a say in terms of, and an early say in terms of determining who's going to be the most powerful person on the face of this planet. The new plan would make South Carolina the first Democratic primary state, followed by New Hampshire, then Nevada, Georgia, and Michigan. The Republican National Committee recently voted to keep the Iowa caucuses first, followed by New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina. A fire continues to burn following a massive train derailment last night in eastern Ohio. Officials say more than 50 train cars were involved in the incidents near the Pennsylvania border. It is unclear what kind of freight the train was carrying. No injuries are reported, but people have been evacuated. This is USA News. Streaming only on Peacock. From the mind of Ryan Johnson, the writer-director of Knives Out. Miss Kale, you've got this gift. Always knowing the truth. I only know if something is a lie. The real trick of it is to figure out why. Natasha Leone is Charlie Kale. It wasn't an accident. I, I think there's been a murder. You watch too much Dateline. A new 10-part mystery series. Wolves on my fender. I gotta keep moving. I've been kind of a death magnet. Poker Face, streaming January 26th, only on Peacock. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-485-8801. 800-485-8801. That's 800-485-8801. 
If you're the good guys, then you get the Justice Department, the FBI, the CIA, the Amazons of the world, everybody at your throat until you stand up and win. God bless Amy and her husband for winning. Sadly, it was a defensive win. We need to start to go on the offense. But, ladies and gentlemen, while they attack good, honest, innocent, let me say that again, good, honest, innocent Americans, they let the criminals go. Here's the proof, Chris. Okay. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, So the, and, and I just want to add one thing about uh, Amy Nelson. We, we said that she had won, but you said, yeah, but it was a defensive victory. And I agree because, you know, they, they still paid lots of money for lawyers, and they spend a lot of time uh, presenting their case to the DOJ and then eventually to Amazon. So it was a defensive win for them. And they did lose in the sense that you'll never get that time back. You'll never get that money back. And it probably aged them quite a bit. I just wanted to end on that. So now let's transition to uh, Bernie Madoff. And his full name is Bernie Madoff with $64 billion, with a B, not million this time of innocent victims money and um, Mark Skousen now we all know Joel Skousen we talk about Joel a lot we use a lot of the material that he compiles in his world affairs brief and I give him thanks that's for that because, because his long form reporting is matchless ladies and gentlemen worldaffairsbrief.com to get your weekly delivery in your inbox and your subscription today Joel Skousen worldaffairsbrief.com go ahead Chris yes sir but Joel has actually another famous brother called Mark Skousen, who is a nationally recognized economist. And Mark Skousen uh, collaborates sometimes with his brother in material that uh, Joel puts in his briefs. And uh, Mark Skousen was um, at a conference. It's called the Partners in Business Conference at the Utah State University, which is about uh, 100 miles from where we are now, Sam. And um, he was amazed at what he heard. What he heard, I should say, from an SEC, a former SEC accountant who is currently uh, jockeying for a position at the head of the SEC. The, the name of this accountant, former accountant, is not mentioned, but he spent almost an hour talking about all the SEC's great accomplishments. So I'll just word for word what Joel Skousen um, writes. Actually, this is his brother, Mark Skousen. So Mark Skousen conveyed this information to his brother, and he says, um, they, they, he, he spoke for almost an hour, but there was no mention made about the Bernie Madoff scandal. Um, needless to say, I was incensed. After his talk, he took questions, and I asked, I'm amazed that in your entire talk, you never once mentioned the biggest scandal in SEC history and the biggest financial fraud ever committed on Wall Street. It is, be is it because you are too embarrassed to talk about it? Do you think that investors who lost money in the Madoff scandal should have the right to sue the SEC for negligence? The SEC man looked shaken and visibly upset, of course, because he knew that Mark Skousen was right. He strongly defended the SEC and said that he had sacrificed his salary to work for the SEC he probably did. He was probably like an, an investor on Wall Street making millions of dollars. 
and he condescended to serve in the, uh, the American people in the SEC. That's just my sideline. And the SEC gets hundreds of letters about potential fraud cases and can't police them all. But the SEC does a highly competent job for the American people. So that's the SEC man's response to Mark Skousen's criticism that he had spoken for almost an entire hour about how wonderful a job the SEC is doing to protect the American people. But not once, once fan did he mention Bernie Madoff, which is the biggest scandal in SEC history. By the way, as a sideline, I just would like to say the SEC is an entirely unconstitutional organization. They make uh, yeah, administrative so shut it laws. down, ladies and gentlemen. Shut that criminal enterprise down. Yeah, they make it. They make laws. See, the Constitution only allows one government entity at the federal level to make laws, and as you and I both know, that's Congress. But we have these um, these cabinet level administrations like the SEC. Um, like the Environmental Protection Agency, Department of Education, who makes laws that literally have the force of law, unfortunately, uh, for hapless American citizens that they can use against you. Just like we talked about um, um, Amy Nelson, you know, in the DOJ. Anyway, so going on, he says um, he made no attempt to express, express sympathy for the victims of the Madoff crimes, 64 billion dollars worth of fraud or what changes the sec had made because of its massive failure when i brought up harry marco marcopolis i guess uh he wrote a book called nobody would listen about how um, marcopolis repeatedly warned the boston and new york offices of the sec about madoff's ponzi schemes he was silent so I'm surprised that Bernie Madoff actually ended up in jail, Sam, because if I guess it was just the magnitude of the crime that he had perpetrated, $64 billion. Yeah, but let me stop you for a second and remind you, a lot of times they make big show of these people going to jail. But oftentimes yes. they're let out of jail, they're let run around, do whatever they want, their jail sentences are cushy and soft. So, And where do I get that? Jeffrey Epstein, you know, the criminal... Um, pedophile that got convicted that hung out with bill clinton and donald trump and everybody else yes. right mm-hmm. all right that guy uh went to jail but yet you know what he was um literally out with an ankle monitor even when he was supposed to be in jail uh and uh, yeah. i guess seduced and was involved with little girls even while <laughs> out on his own what recognizances or whatever you okay and then after he yeah. gets out of jail all these bigwig thugs continue to reward him with incredible finance. Uh, and, and so it didn't hurt him to go to jail at all. So, yes, they, you know, peddle that to the public. But most of the time, it yes. isn't no, real. No, that's a good point. Chris. Yes. And this this author of this book, uh, he, he apparently warned and warned and warned. Apparently, I think the SEC could no longer ignore his warnings and it became uh, such a public issue and the public had become more and more aware of it that they could no longer ignore it. Otherwise, I think to this day, they probably still would be ignoring Bernie Madoff's uh, Ponzi scheme, but they couldn't, they simply couldn't. And sometimes the justice department actually, or or in this case, the SEC had to act. uh, Otherwise their reputation would be damaged beyond repair. And that's the only reason I think that Bernie Madoff, by the way, he's dead now. I, I don't know if you heard that. He died in jail. So some yep. justice was administered. He but, died in jail. I'm F- sure it was a pretty cushy jail and pretty good circumstances, but th- there you go. 
you know, and that that's another aspect of it. You know, you, you, you mentioned Jeffrey Epstein, you know, how um, favorable the circumstances under which he was incarcerated. Uh, well, he wasn't even incarcerated. He was on um, house arrest, I guess, or under house monitoring or whatever. So Mark Skousen, good guy. I've never met him. I've read some of his um, information on his website. He, he finishes by saying this, Sam, bureaucracies rarely make apologies, only unless literally forced to do so by public, that is political, exposure. This is also true of churches, true of universities, true of media, and true of governments. I read, I read a long time ago where Solzhenitsyn, you know who he is, he wrote um, uh, uh, put it to, uh, there's a book he wrote, I'll think of it in a second. He wrote two short stories under the title, We Never Make Mistakes. This does not doesn't just apply to the Soviet government. So that's right. So bureaucracies never churches. make apologies. Hold on. It applies to churches, institutions, uh, universities, governments, right? The media, mm-hmm. all these inside people, they never admit to these mistakes unless they are forced to uh, by the public. They just don't. Okay? Look at all the media lied about with regards to COVID. They're not admitting their lies. They're admitting facts now because they have to. The public's pushed back too hard, but they're not apologizing for their uh, abuse at all. No, because because there's a certain percentage of the population who, no matter how much evidence is presented against them, they will still believe just because they worship government like an idol god. So they can't admit fault because gods don't admit fault, right? <laughs> so, oh, Gulag... Archipelago is the the book that uh, Solzhenitsyn wrote. Uh, it's a very good book, I hear. I haven't read it yet, but yeah, what like that really something. means is you and I, when we go to prison, we go to the gulag. When some of these <laughs> clowns go to prison that are that are wealthy and deep state and uh, shadow government and everything else, they go to the uh, you know they go to the Ritz Carlton prison kind of a deal, and, and that's sadly a reality, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Um, and, uh, and we're going to prove this with the Donald Trump piece here a little bit, too. We want to talk about Donald Trump. He is, is a clown. So you got the Securities and Exchange Commission. Why aren't they holding other people accountable like Bernie? Why aren't they holding people accountable like our criminal international enterprise discussions? But yet they're beating up on this little family with Amazon and the deep partnership. Well, they've got deep partnerships internationally. We'll talk about it. It started out with NAFTA and GATT turned out to be a disaster then they replaced it with even a bigger disaster and donald was at the helm as the united states boldly stepped forward in the glorious light provided by its new constitution in 1787 the nations of the earth were in awe of the newfound strength and hope of this free land today the nation stands at a crossroads A divergence from the original intent put forth in the United States Constitution has brought grave threats to our beloved nation. A miracle is needed if the United States is to survive. That miracle is again the pure application of the United States Constitution. I'm Scott Bradley. In my To Preserve the Nation book and lecture series, I bring forth truths that will help raise up a new generation of statesmen like those noble Americans who founded this land. Vigorous application of these principles will invigorate and restore the nation, and we may become again the freest, most prosperous, most respected, and happiest nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com to begin that restoration. 
The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine. The award-winning quarterly, devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas, like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. This is a battle, a battle between truth and deceit. A battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. 90% of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact. TheEpicTimes.com Live and on your radio, folks, Sam Bushman, Chris Carlson. So Bernie made off with the cash, went to Ritz-Carlton Prison. Um, <laughs> you know, it's a tragic reality, folks. But Donald Trump, folks, you know, on one hand says he's America first, and to some degree he is, but he's duped by the cabal as well, or he's involved. I'm not sure which, but here's the point to make, Chris. Yeah, so the USMCA is one of... Uh, Donald Trump's crowning achievements, you know, conservatives laud him for uh, negotiating this trade agreement that's just the best of ever. And it gives, you know, America all these advantages and, you know, we're all going to win as a result. What they didn't bother to do and what Donald Trump apparently did not bother to do, Sam, is to actually read the document. Because in the document are all sorts of um, of uh, provisions that uh, provide for the deep state to um, – introduce transgender rights into our sovereign society to uh, to force collective bargaining on people that uh, may or may not want to uh, enter into collective bargaining. Uh, the creation of a regional government, which is, has been their goal for many, many years, and the establishment of a free trade commission, which is not under our constitution. We cannot convey rights or powers to uh, foreign governments, in this case, an international government. And uh, it, it forces dispute settlements um, away from uh, United States sovereign entities uh, to the World Trade Organization. So all of these things. Um, now, I've got a video. Did, did we want to play that? Or do we have yeah, that? Yeah, we don't have up, that, Sam. We don't have that. Okay, we'll just talk about it. So the John, yeah, the John Birch Society doing a great job as usual. You know they compile. So go to the John Birch um, JBS.org and, and listen to that. I don't have the details on that, but it's just it's just a, another example of how Donald Trump was so proud of of this crowning achievement that he, the USMCA, uh, United States, Mexico, Canada, and America. Um, I think that's what it stands for, USMCA. Um, and it's just full of globalist provisions that are going to help merge us into a world government. And, uh, you know, without the video, I don't really have a whole lot more to say about that. I've got a little uh, bit. Sort of, I've got a little bit for you on this. Look, Trump, basically the 
USMCA was supposed to be a replacement for NAFTA and GATT, uh, mm-hmm. especially for NAFTA. And the idea was we're going to get out of this criminal uh, failure and we're going to go ahead and stand for America. Well, that was the big deception, folks. It doesn't stand for America. It's full of globalist fine print, ladies and gentlemen. It's full of sovereignty betraying language. Okay? Remember how Donald Trump bragged about these provisions of NAFTA and GATT and said, hey, we're going to work on this. It's going to be awesome. It's not a wonderful thing at all. Uh, It basically took us from the frying pan into the fire. Some things were better in it that he could focus on and tout, but many things in it were much, much worse. See? Uh, And you wonder, listen carefully to me, you wonder if this Chinese spy balloon discussion relates. You say, Sam, wait a minute, what are you talking about? Well, if we work on these agreements with Mexico and Canada and become a, quote, American Union, and then they've got the European Union, and they go back to Davos and the World Economic Forum, what agreements have been agreed to between Don and Joe uh, behind the scenes that we don't even know about now that maybe the agreement is, hey, China can violate our airspace with impunity. Now you say, Sam, that's just conjecture. You don't have any evidence of that. No, I don't. In a factual evidence case. But I have circumstantial evidence. Listen to this. Chinese spy balloon can maneuver, will stay in U.S. for a few days, Pentagon says. So they had a press conference. The Pentagon said, hey, it's fine. Don't worry about it. This thing we're going to allow it to maneuver around wherever it wants, and we're going to go ahead and just let it be here. It's going to be here for the next several days. Now, how would they know that? (laughs) Maybe they've been talking to the Chinese, and the Chinese and the Americans are like, look, we're doing uh, weather manipulation, and or we're doing reconnaissance on the American people, and the Americans want the Chinese to do the spying so that they can claim, mm, what, immunity? They're not responsible? They didn't do it? But because of international law and international trade agreements, and agreements, how do you know that they're not literally doing this on behalf of the American government in the first place? Whether they are or not, I don't know, but I know this. They have absolute cooperation. The Pentagon literally comes out and says, hey, that balloon can maneuver. And it will be here for several, well, for a few more days. How do they, I don't understand how they can make a claim like that. Unless they're not giving you the whole skinny, the whole story. But these agreements smack of this. And you can say, Sam, you just don't have evidence. Evidence. You're just making conspiratorial claims that aren't true. Oh, yeah? All right. Why don't you then tell me what relationship we have with the communist nation of China? One, on the face of it, they're our most favored nation trading partner. Two, we claim that TikTok is so dangerous that it's got to be outlawed. Three, we say the balloon's just fine and it can maneuver freely and it can stay here and it's just a weather balloon. But by golly, Americans are suffering minus 60 temperatures. Unprecedented, record-breaking, global freezing. But we're going to call it climate change there. And we're going to, okay. And then we say it'll just be here for, for a few days. It can maneuver, no problem. Now it's happening to Canada and Mexico. I'm sorry, Canada and the United States there. Will it go to Mexico? We better watch the balloon. Remember, the government in the United States says the communist 
Chinese party balloon is free to maneuver. It'll be here for a few days. Well, where will it go after that then, American government, since you know so much? Where will it go after that? To Mexico? Wow, do you got a trade agreement? Now another balloon's down there in Latin America. What will it do? Will it come up? How many countries are involved? Are these international agreements related? Does Davos come into play? Does the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and crew have anything to do with it? I don't have factual knowledge, but I know what they say in their Davos meetings because I have friends, dear friends, that go there and report. Alex Newman is one of them who literally has been to these conferences and is reported live on this program from those conferences. So if you people think that I'm all just full of conjecture, you go study the words of Klaus Schwab. You go study the words of some of these clowns, Adam Weissop of yesteryear at the Federal Reserve. All right. You go study the words of the uh, crime syndicate families. Uh, What are they? You know, there's uh, the Rothschilds. I can keep going, right? Goldman Sachs. We can, Adam Schiff. The Warburg. The Warburg. We can keep going. Okay. This is nothing new. But Donald, even if he doesn't mean to. He is carrying their ball for them with his globalist fine print USMCA agreement. I don't know if he realizes what he's done or not. See, that's the problem is you can never know where Donald really is on this. Is he one of us and he got duped? Well, or is he really involved? See, Chris, if the evidence has anything to say for it, Donald Trump is squarely on the side of China and I can prove it. Okay. You remember all the rhetoric that he was spewing about, you know, we need to even our trade balance with China. Guess what? And uh, a friend of ours, uh, Tim Alders, was actually, this is what triggered this research on my part. He said, well, at least Donald Trump uh, leveled the playing field as far as our trade de- deficit with China. As soon as he said that, I went out and researched, and we talked about this uh, before on the show, Sam. Under Donald Trump, as compared to the last four years of Barack Obama's presidency, we actually worsened our trade deficit with China over that, that four-year period that Donald Trump was in office. Yet if you ask the average Donald Trump MAGA supporter, they would say, oh, no, he, he improved our trade balance with China. He did not. I have government. Everything you say is proven. factual. Everything you say is factual, but that doesn't necessarily mean he did it on purpose. He surrounded no. himself with deep state operatives. And the reason I know that is my dear friend Patrick Burns, who has been on this radio program many times, sat down with Trump and told him that these voting machines were criminal and that they had software on them. He told uh, Donald to seize some of the machines before the election took place to prove the point so that it wouldn't be a, a um, well, you're just sour grapes because you lost the election discussion. And um, Rudy Giuliani was there with my friend Patrick Burns and Donald Trump. And Patrick Burns tells this story personally. And he says, uh, I talked him into this, told him the story. Rudy Giuliani talked him out of it. Now, the problem that we have is we don't know if he's just surrounded by deep state people and he falls for it every time. He's lost the art of the deal, so to speak. Or if he's really on the side of the bad guys. We don't know that for a fact. (laughs) That's the problem, right? That's the problem. But it really shouldn't matter at this point. I mean, we we need somebody who will implement constitutional principles, and whether out of ignorance Amen. or out of willfulness 
or out of whatever motive he has, if this guy can't get the job done, he can't get the job done. He is not qualified to be president of the United well, States. I will now never... Donald Trump attacks Ron DeSantis just for thinking about running. We don't even know if DeSantis is thinking about it, but there's people speculating that he might pushing for him to do so and anything else. So Donald Trump goes on the offensive now. Trump labels DeSantis a real globalist in latest tirade. Wow, Donald. Okay. Now, I'm not saying DeSantis is not a deep state globalist. But I am saying, so we're supposed to believe that Ron is and Don's not? Good luck with that clown logic, people. I I think all this is being orchestrated, Sam. It's just too convenient for the left, for us to be bickering amongst ourselves. I say we. I'm not part of this. I divorced myself from both parties 22 years ago, as you well know. But it, it makes conservatives in general look bad when there's more bickering amongst ourselves than there is in the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party seems to always be unified on the issues, don't they? Yet the Republicans... Yeah, and they the can opposite. raise money and put together plans and advance their agenda. They move the ball on the chains, to use a put football term, because uh, the Super Bowl's coming up, don't you know? They move the ball with chains pretty well, uh, while we just run around as clowns and drop the ball and get confused and fight, and uh, we get ejected from the game, and all these stupid things happen to us. <laughs> we can't raise enough money to uh, you know, keep this radio program alive. Uh, without personal family sacrifice from my family because, hey, nobody has the guts to donate. They all have their reasons why they would if they could, but they can't, so they won't. Uh, logic, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're doing the best you can, and we appreciate your sacrifice, Sam. You are a true American hero. Well, and I don't need to set myself up as more important than everybody else. I look at this Amy and her husband and, 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 and a lot of these people who, uh, you know what, they've taken the lumps too. Uh, it's the problem is there's too few of us, and that's my point. My point isn't that I'm more important than anybody else. My point is that there's way too few of us. Yeah. And until yep, we get enough of us, you will not see a change, and that's the reason that I bring it up. Yep. Until the Gideon's Army principle is implemented, but we may suffer a lot between now and then. Don't worry, though, I'll stay like John the Baptist out in the wilderness, and I'll yell and scream and stand for God, family, and country. Uh, until the Savior comes. I'm not equivalent to John the Baptist. I'm just saying I take a page out of that playbook and will continue my duty. Speaking of duty, Chris, finish up, buddy. Without God, we cannot win. Sam, with God, we cannot lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Lieutenant Carlson and liberty-loving patriots everywhere, continuing our duty, sir. LibertyRoundtable.com, LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States of America.